0: What's going on, guys? Hope you all are doing well, as well as you could be doing in this crazy time we're living in right now. This is episode number 31, and this one's going to be called Death That Brings New Life. And uh, yeah, hope you guys are hanging in there. I know we're going through some stuff. Things are changing rapidly. I know since my last podcast, my view on how you all should proceed with your racing and training has definitely changed advice i'd give so just a little update on that in the last episode if you didn't get a chance to listen to it i was talking about you know there's a great opportunity support your smaller road uh smaller local races and obviously i don't think any of those are happening and there are no races to be had and it is not looking like there's going to be any races be had anytime soon, so I will address kind of my new advice on that, um but first off, just to kick things off um you know I'm obviously there's a running podcast, and we're gonna be talking about what to do in this unique season that we've all find ourselves in in relation to running, but I do want to span out from that, I feel like you know we need to just acknowledge the gravity of the situation we're in and um the people who's who are battling for their lives right now the people who are on the front lines um all those people you know doctors nurses people in the medical profession our hats off to you guys we thank you we're cheering you guys on and we're behind you guys and supporting you all the way so um you know i don't want to not acknowledge at the beginning of this that you know fully realize there's a lot of really intense and serious stuff going on in the world right now. But with that said, you know, we are all complete individuals, which is what run free training is all about, is addressing other every side of us. And uh you know, one of the things that we can all do to kind of prepare ourselves and to keep ourselves healthy and strong and and in a good spot to not you know get be getting sick get our immune system super strong is also to take care of our physical self you know and so i want to start with that like this is a great opportunity for us to dial in our sleep better than we ever had before dial in our nutrition better than we ever had before to train maybe even harder than we've ever trained before because maybe we have more time and obviously like follow the um, directions of the cdc don't you know be out in groups training and stuff like that like we we want to be a part of the solution and not part of the problem but we're just a really good season for us to get really invested in the health of our body all around so um that's kind of how i see this current situation that we're in but again many thanks to all of you guys who are on the front lines who are are battling this thing day in and day out and uh you know our hearts and prayers and support is with you guys so i want to talk um, a little bit more about like how to use this time specifically for training because like i said things have changed you know the olympics just got announced that they're being pushed back Um, they haven't said exactly how long it's going to be it's looking like at least a year so you know everything is day by day changing and i ran into uh, coach ben of naz elite out on lake mary the other day sarah and i were out there for a workout and we were just kind of briefly talking about how yeah there's probably not going to be any races anytime soon and the sooner you can kind of come to grips with that the better and I, that actually reminded me of this story that i read was really shocking to me at the time when i read it i wanted to share with you guys real quick and i'm not going to read it i'm just going to kind of summarize it but if you are interested in reading the actual story it's about uh world war ii pow's who survived uh war camp and so there was a couple thousand uh guys who were serving in the military that got taken into these pow camps and out of those few thousand about 500 guys ended up surviving the camp so after Those 500 came home, they did an article, they were talking to the guys like, what was it? Like, how did the guys who, like, what was the difference between the people who survived and the people who didn't survive? And what they found was really, like I said, alarming, surprising for me. Because I tend to be a really optimistic person, but the whole thing... Behind what they found was that it was actually the pessimists who survived these POW camps and not the optimists. And the reason why they said that was, was because the optimists were always like, this is, you know, we're gonna be out of here by my birthday. And then their birthday would roll around, they're still in there. And then they just get like a broken heart on the birthday. And like, man, I thought I was gonna be out of here, but like, it's okay. Like, we'll be out of here by Christmas, you know? And then Christmas rolls around and just breaks their heart again. They're like, man, I thought i would gonna be out of here. And this just keeps happening, right? They just keep being disappointed, disappointed. And some of the guys who left the camp they were quoted saying, like, I think they died of a broken heart because they were just always expecting, like, this is gonna change by a month or a week or however long and they just kept being disappointed time after time after time again and the guys who survived they said what allowed them to survive was never losing hope and obviously like when you just keep having your heart broken over and over and over again every single time it gets harder to believe yourself and be like yeah like we're definitely gonna be out of here in a month like yeah you said that five or six times ago and none of that happened and then it's really easy to just have your hope just completely dashed right so the guys who kind of went through this process of like Eventually, getting to the point of accepting, like, all right, we're gonna be in here for a while, and I don't know how long it's gonna be for, but I'm like in this for the long game, right? It. Those were the guys who survived, um, and they seemed pessimistic to the guys around them because the guys around them are like, oh, yeah, we're gonna be out of here by Christmas, and they're like, no, like, like I, I don't know when we're gonna get out of here, but we'll get out of here eventually, but I don't, I don't know when it's gonna be, and that kind of long-term hope is what enabled them to survive. And that's kind of actually related to the topic of today with this podcast is kind of giving you guys some long-term hope that's going to allow us to navigate this tricky period where like really like you have a lot of people making a lot of different predictions about how long it's going to take and even like people in the running world being like oh it's going to be at least till september till we see races when really like none of us know for sure right like it's a very kind of uncertain time is very difficult to plan and so i think the sooner we can kind of get to that phase of accepting like there's not going to be any races for a while um i think we set ourselves up but also with that you got to have like the long-term hope that like yeah eventually like we're going to get a handle on this and things are going to turn and we are going to get back out there running again so obviously like that's the backbone of your belief but you need to kind of like really uh navigate the short-term expect, expectation and hope really smartly and not allow yourself to be like oh by you know april 1st races are gonna be back on because we none of us know and so let's play the long game here with uh, the coronavirus and and thinking about planning our running and uh and have that long-term hope and expectation and then you know so now when it comes to training i know like the next slide is like well what what do i do during this time and obviously like we're all kind of limited in what we can do with gyms closing down and uh facilities being hard to get into and not being able to work out in groups and there's all these different things and i really encourage you guys like let's use this as an opportunity to get really creative to think outside the box to think about different ways we can do body weight exercises for example that can be really challenging really effective and different than what we're used to so we're going to super compensate because we're doing a different style of training so let's do that and then let's also use this time to focus on our weaknesses um you know like i said in the previous podcast. This is a great time where we have a big chunk of time to really focus on maybe some things that you're not particularly good at and with no races in the near future you can take your time building up um, your weaknesses and making them closer to your strengths so really encourage you to do that and then with that said I think it's really important that you do keep your body in a similar kind of rhythm that it's used to. Um, So if you've been racing, say, spring and fall marathons, for example, like most pro athletes are running, or you're used to doing track in the spring, for example, um, I'd really encourage you, like, keep your body in that same kind of rhythm. Because eventually we are going to get out of this and we will return to a very similar type of rhythm, I assume. Maybe that assumption is not right, but um, that your body is used to. And I think our body, it needs to kind of go through seasons, right? And so we want to keep keep that same kind of rhythm that we've had so um you know i'm training some athletes for track and we're still doing track stuff and we're gonna do time trials and we're still working on speed because that's like a weakness and that's something that most marathoners i'd say that's what they neglect the most and that's what i neglected the most like i wish that I would have had a period like this in my career where I could have just focused for like six to eight months on developing my 5k fitness because it took me a really long time to develop my 5k fitness because I wasn't very good at that naturally. And it would have been great for me to have a nice big long block of time like we have now where you can just focus solely on that. And then you know find creative ways to do time trials, you know, like um, one of my athletes, um, she just went out and had her husband on a bike in front of her. and. And ran a PR in the 5K. Like, that's, you know, get creative, put music on the back of the bike, make it as exciting as you can. Obviously, you can't have a whole bunch of people out there like running with you or cheering you on, but you can like try and make it exciting, fun. And then just realize, too, like I was telling Nancy the other day, like, yeah, you ran a PR in the 5K, but that's nowhere near what you could run, right? So don't go out to the track looking to do a time trial and think, oh, I'm gonna run the same time I would have run if I was in a race. Like, There's things about racing that you cannot replicate through time trials. So don't go with that expectation of like, this is going to tell me where I'm at. Because whatever you run for a time trial, I think you can subtract. I don't know. It depends on the distance, like four to five seconds per mile. Again, that highly depends on the distance. But um, that's kind of a roundabout number to to throw at you guys there. All right. So that's a little bit about uh, training during this time now i want to move into today's topic which is death that brings new life and uh so how i came upon this topic was kind of funny this was like right when everything was kind of going down this was really escalating and the markets were crashing and stuff and um, i made the mistake i don't know why i did this i don't know what i was thinking but uh, i was checking in on like some of our investments that we made like, right before bed, the worst thing that I could have possibly chosen to do. It was, like, drinking 10 shots of espresso and then trying to go to sleep at night. Because, um, you know, of course, like, it tanked, right? So I was just in bed and just, like, oh, man, like, I can't believe this happening. Where is this going? And, like, finances is not my, like, forte, right? Like, that's not my specialty. So my mind was kind of churning on Eventually, I did fall asleep, then woke up in the middle of the night still, like, just turn on it, being like, maybe we should get out now. Like, things that maybe this is just going to keep in work, you know, like all those thoughts that that i think a lot of people are having now is the economy has been struggling and uh so i was kind of just mulling on this for a while and i was like well let me like just read something that someone who actually knows about this kind of stuff um uh, might might say so i i grabbed my phone which i don't recommend doing in the middle of the night not a, again another bad call but i read this article this by goldman sachs and it was by his company and uh I found this one quote in there that reminded me of this topic that was super, super interesting, uh, which I want to read to you guys because I don't want to get it wrong here. Got that on real paper, by the way. (laughs) Old school here. Alright, so the the quote that I read that really kind of caught my attention is they're talking about the markets and uh, they were saying the lesson of prior event-driven bear markets is that financial devastation ultimately allows a new bull market to be born so you know they're talking about how when markets crash like this from outside events it usually gives birth to a new kind of bull market that's like comes back like even stronger you know so obviously that was super comforting for me to read and fell back asleep after that i was like glad i read that but it kind of reminded me of something i've spent a lot of time thinking about and it's this whole concept that like death is always related to bringing new life and it reminded me of something my dad used to tell me um, when i was experiencing a certain level of quote unquote death in my high school running where I had big dreams, big goals, one try and break four minutes for the mile, and having stuff like that not happen, and my dad would often tell me he's like it 's okay like it 's okay to like grieve this like you 're just experiencing quote unquote the death of a vision is what what he 'd call it, and it, man, those moments hurt um, you know I remember after my last sub trying to take an attempt to run sub four in high school, and I remember just like collapsing on my cool down afterwards and i didn't make it you know and just collapsing just being like so distraught and so like felt like someone just hit me in the stomach you know this was something that i had been dreaming of and going after since the beginning of my running for over four years and now it's like not happening you know and what i couldn't see at the time that i would go back and tell myself if i could go back and talk to my high school self laying in that field all distraught all out of sorts is i would tell myself and this is also what i want to tell all of us today um, because we've all experienced a little bit of a death of a vision to some extent i mean we all or a large part of the people population of people who are listening to this podcast were probably really fired up for track season or for a 10k this spring or for a marathon this spring and those things aren't happening so we've all experienced kind of this quote unquote death of a vision And what I would tell my high school self, if I could go back and talk to myself, is that, like, it's okay that it hurts, right? Like, it's okay that you're in pain. Like, I totally, obviously, I get it because it was me, you know? Like, I know the feeling. And it's important that we, like, allow ourselves to grieve this, you know? So, like, me offering hope to myself in that situation and trying to offer hope to you guys in this situation is not... A way of me trying to pull you out of where you're at and be like, slap you in the face and be like, why are you worrying about this? Like, things are gonna get a lot better from here. Come on, like, just buck up, you know? <laughs> like, it's not about that. It's like, I think all of us are run free like we mourn with those who mourn and we rejoice with those who rejoice like that's a big part of who we are so but we do want to like offer you hope in that situation because hope like those pow's that's what allowed them to survive and to make it and so if i'm talking to my high school self i'm just being like man like i totally get it like and it's okay to be bummed out like cry it out like get it out of you side note (laughs) i bought a punching bag like before all this coronavirus stuff was going down because i did a training session with drew i think he's actually listening to this podcast good dude gave me a little boxing training session with my buddy down in san diego and uh got into boxing and so i got a heavy bag before all this went down and started doing like these uh, boxing combinations just hitting on the punching bag just a little bit and that's just like a side note if you have like boys or you know because everyone's got their kids at home now right and that could drive all of us a little bit crazy lots of energy especially if you have boys but boys men like there's just something about hitting hitting something that feels good and you can just really get out like a lot of inner frustration or extra energy or just just something to kind of pour yourself physically out on. Cause I think it's one thing to like process everything that's going on, these frustrations, all these different feelings that are coming up internally. I think that's important, but there's also the physical component, right? So that's another reason why like with a lot of my athletes, I'm like, okay, let's increase the volume. Let's increase the amount of running. We're doing cause we need to like get outside and process and physically move and physically allow, some of this stress um some of this frustration we need to get it out of us and yeah you can do it with your mind but i'd say it's better when you do it in a combination with your mind and also your body so anyways i got a punching bag and i've been hitting on that thing um since all this has been going down and it's amazing how much better i feel after i hit on that bag so if you got boys turn them loose on a punching bag and I, it was like simple setup it was like a little over 100 bucks it's got a bag and i mounted the whole thing it came with gloves and everything i'm all set and uh man if you turn your kids loose on a punching bag for two minutes they're just like just go crazy on that thing hit it as hard as you can for two minutes they're gonna be exhausted by the end of that two minutes so a great way to get some energy out that was a super random side note <laughs> I think I was talking about um, talking to, to my high school self and processing this. And what, to go back to that, what I would say to my high school self, I kind of already talked about like being there with myself, allowing myself to grieve the death of this vision, but then offering the hope, the long term hope that you're going to be actually grateful that this happened at some point. And it's, it might be like, it might be next month. It might be six months from now, it might be like ten years from now. it might be twenty years from now. but the reason why I can be happy for this is because the death of something is always always the birth of something new, and that new something that's being birthed is always so amazing, so fulfilling, so it's like a journey right It's like an exciting twist in the road where you know you're battling something then all of a sudden you enter into like this promised land you're just like whoa like 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 new life is coming and it's going to be not only new but it's going to be better than what you had before and that's that's what i would tell myself the morning my my loss as a high schooler So i wanted to tell you guys a couple other experiences where if i hadn't experienced death at certain points in my career and i'm talking about death in terms of like death of a vision death of a goal death of how i saw myself as a runner if i hadn't experienced these things like my running career would have not happened at all or it would have happened very very differently so kind of talked about um the high school self but then you know i went to stanford i still was like super um just married to the idea that i was gonna be a miler i was gonna be a world-class miler and so you know, my freshman year at stanford i was focusing on the 800 because i was trying to develop my speed my sophomore year is focused on the 15 and it was just getting worse and worse like i didn't improve at all like zero improvement and so eventually, at the end of my sophomore year, I came to the realization, like, like I'm not going to be a miler. And it was a little bit of this, like, death of a vision, you know? It's like when you've seen yourself a certain way for six years, and then all of a sudden you're like, this isn't happening. Like, that's that's a death in a way. It's a death of how you're, how you perceive yourself. And it hurt. It was painful. And I wasn't necessarily filled with hope in that in that time. But what happened is then I transitioned to the 5K. And it was as a result of transitioning to the 5K that the doors really opened for my career. If I had been just banging my head trying to be a miler over and over and over again, I would have never... You know, done well at the NCAA level, I would have never run professionally. I probably would have hung up my running shoes, you know, as soon as I finished college, or maybe a couple years afterwards. But because I experienced this death of being a miler, it brought new life in the 5K. That enabled me to sign a contract with Asics, win NCAA title, and turn professional and have enough money to marry Sarah. <laughs> like all this good stuff happened because of the death of that vision of being a miler and then the same thing happened later on just a few years later in my career when i'm on the track in europe racing against uh bekele and all the best 5k runners in the world and i'm like coming down the backstretch in london watching them finish on the jumbotron on the backstretch because i'm like so far out of the race you know i'm like in I don't know if i got last night race i might have but i remember i was getting like the pity clap you know like the clap that people clap for the last runner because they like feel really bad for you and it's just like awkward that you're still out on the track (laughs) i was that guy right and again after that race it was like whoa like this vision i had of like being a world-class runner is not gonna happen in the 5000 meters like i have a great coach a great team i'm doing everything right and I'm just hitting my head against a wall. So again, it was this like very painful death that I experienced. But then, fast forward six months later, set the American record in the half marathon, and then I was running with the best guys in the world, the London Marathon, um, less than a year from that moment when I experienced the death. So again, like this death of being a 5K runner brought just tons of new life to being a marathoner. And then, you know, fast forwarding to the end of my running career, um, that was obviously a very painful, very hard season of four years of things getting worse and worse and experiencing very kind of slow death of my running career. And, you know, the fact that nothing I was doing in training or nutrition or sleep, like my body was just like no moss, no matter what you try, like it is not going to work because I feel like I tried everything and it was this very slow painful death of my running career but that once i got through that death and i moved on into that next season you know ran the world marathon challenge the seven marathon 7 days 7 continents and that brought that sense of closure and i was able to enter into this new season It brought a whole new life of me being able to focus on being a dad, to focus on supporting Sarah and her running career more than I had been previously, um, to to coach her in her running career, to coach other athletes, um, for Jay and I to start Run Free training, and this podcast. Like none of that wouldn't have happened if there wasn't a death first. And we see this all throughout nature too, right? Like as I've become more aware of this concept of like death yeah it's it's scary because it's a little bit of like an unknown for sure you know um but it's also beautiful because you know on the other side of that like there's new life coming like there's something amazing on the other side of that and we see that in nature all the time too right it's like just look at night and day like every single day the sun sets and in a way that's like a death of a day it's the death of the sun is gone right and then every single morning it rises again you know there's all there's just this cyclical pattern that's inbred it's in every part of life where things die and then that death brings new life with it we see the same thing with like forest fires they seem like really terrible things and they obviously can be really terrible things and tragic things like we saw in redding and australia more recently um so not making light of the tragedy of forest fires but it is like the force way of cleaning itself out so that new life can come forth from within it that otherwise it wouldn't happen if we didn't have forest fires so um and then you know we look at our own body does the same thing like it's crazy to think that every seven to ten years our body is replacing every cell in our body like that is unreal that we're like literally we're the same person but a totally different person at the same time 10 every 10 years and so our bodies just can always our skin for example is always replacing itself there's just this cycle of like death and rebirth death and rebirth death and rebirth so my point and what i really hope to get across today with this podcast is just that, guys like new life is coming and yes like this is a painful season that we're in this is like hard for everyone there's so many unknowns so much uncertainty we can't plan anything we can't go anywhere but there is new life that is going to come from this that's going to be so good and it's going to be so sweet And let's have that healthy expectation of it might not be next week, it might not be next month, but eventually like new life is going to spring forth from this. Like I am so certain of that. And that fills me with just so much hope and an ability to be able to navigate the uncertainty of our current situation and circumstances with a little bit more joy, with a little bit more like... You know it's gonna be okay like this isn't the end of the world like we're gonna we're gonna be ultimately better off for that and I can already see some things that are gonna be good from this for example I was thinking about man next time I get to travel to race I'm gonna have a whole like I I always enjoy that experience right and I'm thankful that I get to do these things and go to different races and um, go to different events but and for people who are racing those events of course like you're excited about those races but now, think about the next time you line up on a starting line, think about the amount of gratitude that you're going to have that you get to be there and you get to do this. Like, I think all of us, man, when those races start back up, there's going to be a whole lot of super thankful people running and that's powerful stuff. And I think the other thing that's going to come from this is a global community coming together, loving each other, helping each other, and just having this feeling of like hey like we all just went through something really serious together and we are like closer for it like that's the other thing that i really see coming from um this uh tragedy that we're all kind of going through and i want to kind of kind of end with this i was thinking about this today i was out on the bike and i was biking with sarah and i was thinking about this podcast and recording this and talking to you guys and i was thinking about how i can't ever remember jesus Talking about his death, without also talking about his resurrection. So I went back and I was looking through the Bible and I was like, "Yeah, like he never did. Every time Jesus talked about his death, he also talked about his resurrection. So it was never just like this tragic end, like like this is so bad and end a story. It was always like this terrible thing is going to happen, but then." Three days later, I'm going to rise again. Like there's always the life, the new life that's going to spring forth from this very bad thing that was going to happen to him. And I was thinking about it. I was like, what would it look like for me if whenever I talked about quote unquote death, right? So it can be death of a vision, death of a goal. It could be even physical death. Um, What if every single time I talked about it, I also mentioned like the new life that's going to spring forth from this. Like how would that change how not only I perceive death, but how the person that I'm interacting with also perceives death, you know? And so that's what I really want to encourage you guys with. As you're talking about your frustrations with your running, it's 100% okay to be like, "Man, I'm so frustrated. Like, I didn't get the opportunity to run that spring track race. so The this season just didn't happen. The Olympics aren't happening. Whatever it is, at whatever level, like we're all bummed out that that life is tough right now and that we can't even gather together for things like church. Um, but whenever we talk about those things, we also include The new life that's coming from this like the good that's going to come from this the we are coming together as a community even though we're not literally coming together you know with the social distancing but this is making our world in the end it's going to make our world a better place right now of course it's tragic it's there's people dying and it's hard but the end of all this is it's going to bring new life, not just to the markets, you know, like the markets are going to come back. It's going to, we're going to have new life in that area, but we're also going to have new life in our running. We're going to um, do things during this season that are going to be so valuable. They're going to change like the changes that I, that happened as a result of me experiencing death throughout my career. Those changes are also going to happen for us as we go through this season of not being able to compete for a while where we are going to grow as people both athletically. um, We have more time at home so we can focus on our inner development, on our mental strength, on our spiritual strength. Like we have more time to invest into each other and to others. And all these things are going to bring new life. New life is coming and it's going to be good. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be better than things. Things ever were before. So I hope that's been encouraging for you guys. Of course, um, all of us are run free. Our thoughts, our prayers are with everyone who's going through this. All of us are all affected in some capacity. And uh, we're going to get through this, guys. New life is coming. Happy training to you guys. Stay healthy. Double down on your sleep, your nutrition. Make that a super high priority. And I will be back next week with the next episode. All right, guys, take care.